Hi, I'm Wack. Hi, and I'm Pat, and this is another episode of the Weekly Orbit, the week ending Friday, November 10th. Wack, is the bear market over? I hope so. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. Well, I th- well the, the, the angle that I have is the bear market was over in the summer of 2022 for Ethereum because that's when we hit $880. That's when Rocket Pool hit seven, like the RPL token hit $7.50. That was the bottom. Like since then, it's been a bull market. Like that's that's the way I'm seeing it. You know, we're up like 4, 4x for RPL, we're up like over 2x for ETH. That's bull market, right? Like that, that, that since then we've been in the bull market so that that's my uh my optimistic understanding of that <laughs> well let's hope you're right um we're gonna jump right into the some market talk but what burnt got the markets really going i think in the last couple of days was the um, release of this uh statement from the De- um i think it's a secretary of state of delaware where uh, the iShares Ethereum Trust was registered by BlackRock. And this is a prelude to step one if you want to set up an ETH ETF. Uh, this is the first thing you do. And the last time BlackRock did this, seven days later, they, they uh, submitted their paperwork to the SEC for their Bitcoin ETF. So this really got the, the engines running. And uh, RPL uh, did the same. Does, it, do my, does my face look a little red this morning? I'm just wondering because... The 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 face melting twenty percent gain RPL uh, yesterday uh, was just is just ripped. We started the week whack at uh, let's see we're on our let's see seven day chart um, in U.S. dollar terms uh, we are well let's look at the ETH terms first. Um, we start at a ratio of point zero one two nine and we are currently at point zero one five five three. And I did the math before we started the show, and that's about a 20% gain against ETH in ETH terms for the week. Um, in U.S. dollar terms, we're up well, about 39%. So it's been a just a trailblazer a week for both ETH and RPL. Yeah, I think you know you led with the question like, is the bull market back? I think what happened is you know for a long time people didn't believe that you know we wouldn't see lows again, or they didn't believe that we would. Um, you know, see the bull market, right? And like they didn't know what was going to happen. And like now, with with these shifts out of out of ranges that we've been in, and with the changes that have happened in the market structure, I think people have really started to believe that that the bull market is back. So you know, Bitcoin moved a few a few weeks ago with the idea that you know the spot ETF was going to be approved, and then with this application for the Ethereum spot ETF from BlackRock, which is you know the gold standard in ETFs, then people started to think, yeah, you know, the Ethereum was coming too. And, oh no, we're, we're out of position. We're not allocated properly. Let's, we need to fix this right now. And that's kind of what we've seen so far. Um, I think it's really going to be interesting to see how these next few days go about whether we can kind of build on that or whether we're just going to stagnate and maybe drop down a little bit more from here. One mm-hmm. thing to remember, right, even if the bull market is back and we're in the bull market, then it doesn't mean that it's going to be a straight line up. Like it, it's, right. it goes up the and down. The wall of worry. Yeah, you've got to climb that wall of worry, right? And that's going to take months, weeks, months, maybe even a year. Who knows how long it's going to take to get up there. Um, and only, you know, once after Bitcoin and Ethereum are past their all, previous all-time highs, that's when you know that, you know, there's there's good stuff ahead and we'll have an idea of just how good that is going to be. But um, 
it's it's been a wonderful week in in crypto and in rocket pool especially i feel like the sentiment has shifted entirely from like doom and gloom and like you know seeing a dozen red weeks in a row to now starting to see some green weeks is really uplifting everyone in the community yeah the the low liquidity we talked about this for on the downside of rpl and then you see the upside how it can really move it's like riding a bunk of, like a buck and bronco the waves up and down up and down so yeah. for all those who've stuck with it uh congratulations um, hopefully we we're kind of nearing the end of the bear here and starting a new phase yeah uh, just to take a look at rpl compared to lido lido had a great week too um yeah. in us dollar terms they're up 24 percent and i did the math on eth terms i think they were up i think it was 13 percent against eth so rpl outperformed both lido and the market in general so um, but I was like comparing it to Lido because it's um, it's kind of an apples and apples comparison because they're also yeah. the staking provider. Yeah. So in the last week, um, RPL was actually number eight in terms of um, tokens that gained value in the top 100. So it's had a really good week. Yeah, it has. Yeah. Uh, moving on to some more stats, the, the some other good news, deposit pool. Uh, I think last week when we talked, the deposit pool was overflowing. We're at 23,000 and change. We are now down to just right around 18,000. So we've had some, um, I think, some people breaking down their 16 ETH into LEB8s, which have been eating up some of that overage. Um, there was been some examples of the Rocket R being taken advantage of this week, where it was just below 18,000, and then people were... You know, are uh, were able to utilize that feature that Romana made. So, any thoughts on the deposit pool in the last seven days? Yeah. So, um, Prisma Finance is a new um, borrowing lending protocol based on liquid uh, liquidity. Um, well, kind of inspired by that, I guess. And they really drove demand for our ETH last week. So we got a big premium, but no one was able to use it. It went over 1% at one point, but you weren't able to use it because, you know, the deposit pool was overflowing. And then um, Thomas um, started a whole bunch of validators and other people also, but that really ate a big chunk out of it. Um, and then in the last couple of days, like, you know, we hit that sweet spot where the ARB was possible. Um, yesterday the ARB was possible but the gas fees were too high so it wasn't yeah. worth doing it so there's always something you know and then right now you know we, I think there's one validator that exited got added back to the balance so technically the ARB isn't possible right now but it's going to be quite easy to um, it's quite easy to uh, be able to ARB that one back again so hopefully you know hopefully over the weekend we'll we'll keep a little bit of that premium there's not that much left of it now when i saw it earlier today it was like 0.2 percent which isn't really that much but it might pay your gas back depending on how much gas cost is so um you know over the weekend maybe if gas prices come down enough we might see that premium go away which is what i thought would happen uh, very quickly after um you know it would become available to up Right, and we were talking earlier. Uh, there's expect expectation that the Rocket R will be added in, perhaps to the smart node in the next version, which would help node operators. Uh, it it automate the process a little easier than it is now, where you have to manually run the script. Is that right? Yeah. So the the script manually running the scripts was like in the first iteration, and then um, some community members made a, a Docker um, image 
for it so if you install the docker image it makes it a little bit easier to run it there was talk of incorporating it as a sidecar project onto the smart node stack however the last i heard of that was many months ago so i think people kind of realized that that docker image was good enough and most people okay. could get it to work um so i've kind of it's kind of gone quiet on the making an official sidecar but um i don't know if that might still be happening but i've not heard anything about that for a while okay our last stat is this week we had the one millionth validator um, enter into the beacon chain and i just want to mention that because uh, that's a pretty good milestone and that the chain started in december of 20 was it 2020 2020 or 2021 i can't recall december, december 2021 is when the beacon 21. chain launched and then yep. um things so, went absolutely like off the off the charts in um after shanghai and capella this year so that's right. when that's when things really so it's sped up so we're but, about at two year two year anniversary yeah. almost and we got one million validators on the chain so congratulations ethereum and well, um i'm sorry 2020 is when uh, the beacon chain launched three years we're coming up to okay yeah that makes sense because yeah. rockapool is celebrating its two-year two anniversary yeah, and it right. launched yeah. one year after yeah yeah, right? yeah sorry about speaking that speaking of that um we have some really exciting uh, medium post here by uh, Dave from the Rocket Pool team. He kind of maps out the roadmap for 2024. Uh, let's take some time to go through this whack because there's some real good uh, alpha in here. Uh, first, it has been two years since Rocket Pool launched, so congratulations. Um, but and we go through some growth numbers. Um, our ETH growth has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also, let's get down to Houston, uh, because that's the next protocol upgrade. Um, and I'll just read a part of this. The upgrade will be introducing some exciting features that will allow new integrations and platforms to be built into the protocol. Some of these include the ability to stake ETH on behalf of a node. So this is a direct, this is indirectly talking about node set, uh, right? Because you, node sets can be built almost on top of rocket pool and this uh, Houston upgrade will allow uh, node operators to to run node set validators is that correct yeah it's also like going to make marriages a little bit easier because uh, currently the way marriages work is that it's really the r uh, sorry the eth holder who can run the node but um, it might change marriages to make it in a way that even the rpl holder will be able to manage the node because they'll never touch the ETH part of, of the node. So it's really interesting how the, it's going to bring up some really fun possibilities. Um, and like it will help node set for sure, but it's also going to help other people in ways that we can't really think of right now. Nice. Uh, the other thing Houston's going to integrate is a fully on-chain DAO to govern the protocol. And could you explain what what's the advantage of this and why why are we spending a lot of time working on the voting to be on chain does that help decentralize the protocol yeah okay so the couple of things to go over first of all is on-chain voting is already a thing like there's a bunch of different services that help you do it like tally and um i think aragon um and a couple of other places as well that kind of like help you do it the thing that makes the rocket pool staking uh, sorry the rocket pool governance unique is that it's not one token one vote like lots of other protocols, like most of the protocols, um, it works with 
your node operators. So you have to be a node operator to be able to get a vote. And then as a node operator as well, you know, there's like certain formulas that go into it about your vote power. But that kind of presents a unique situation that at the time when Kane and the team started working on, on that, there wasn't there wasn't an off-the-shelf solution, which might exist now because uh, there's been some talk of some of these, um, you know, services that have um, added modules and stuff that you can kind of like tweak to make it applicable. But, you know, the team had already kind of finished the work by then, by the time that that was developed. So now what, what is the purpose of this, right? Why are we doing this? So right now when you pass a vote, the vote is something called off-chain. So that means that people vote on snapshot and that carries no weight. So, you know, even though the vote has passed and the community says this is what we want to do, um, there's no way to make the protocol do that, if that makes sense. Um, there's a buffer in the middle called the Guardian wallet, and that is a wallet that's controlled by the team. And then that wallet is the one that will then go and make the changes needed to the contracts to enact the vote result. So that is kind of like a man in the middle. And the whole point of crypto is that, you know, we want to kind of remove the, those men in the middle kind of services and features. And um, we want to remove those because they are a centralizing force and a force of control so the main thing that you know the houston upgrade is going to do is um remove one of the last big blockers to true decentralization for rocket pool um, with uh, removing that guardian wallet so now when there is a vote it will happen on chain and mm -hmm. as the vote passes then the code that was built into that vote will automatically get executed onto the contracts so that that's where the change will come from, from the community itself. There won't be anyone or anything in the middle to execute that code on the community's behalf. So that's that's where that comes from. So, you know, this isn't like on-chain voting is not a unique thing. Like loads of protocols do it, but it's just the way that I our see. node operator set um, and the powers and the different kind of voting they use, that's the unique part that meant that we had to make a bespoke solution instead of getting one off the shelf. So as an example, if with the on-chain voting, the uh, the PDAO will all vote on, say, a protocol upgrade. Mm -hmm. That will then take effect automatically. We won't have to rely on then the team to actually do it, or is it is it so? Does it automate that process? Yeah, and then there's also some. I'm not sure exactly of what the flow will be like because some of the things have to be approved by the ODAO as well. Um, so they'll they'll be there'll be intricacies that are built into that. Like mm -hmm. it's a little bit beyond my technical understanding okay. to, to kind of like really get into those nitty gritty details of it. But all I know is that, you know, this will be removing certain um, centralizing forces that are kind of in the middle there. Um, it'll also be introducing a security council. So there'll be a certain number of people who'll be able to kind of like put the brakes on things, which is really important because um, there might be something, you know, malicious that's caught like a bug or some kind of exploit, potential exploit. Um, and then the security council can just block everything, lock everything down until that's fixed. So I think that's going to be introduced with Houston also. Yep. That sounds good. Um, let's move on to the next uh, upgrade that's coming after it's going to be called Saturn. So um, I think the, this is going to include mega pools, which we'll talk about, and uh, it's going to reduce the perhaps the mini pool. Uh, which, uh, the minimum mini pool is eight ETH right now. We talk of reducing it down to four, and then perhaps even down to one, uh, depending mm -hmm. on some re further research. 
And uh, one of the news items here, Wack, was I think there's been talk of uh, expectations of maybe Q4 of 2024. This said Q2. That seems of yeah. a, a much more aggressive uh, timeline than a lot of us were expecting. Uh, I think forced exits, uh, which would require a protocol upgrade on Ethereum, uh, was the thing that was kind of pushing this back. Um, but in the blog post, it says we may need forced exits from the the, the uh, Ethereum protocol. So do you have any insight on uh, the timeline being moved up or uh, are we still trying to find out? I don't because just this week, I think at the end of last week, I, I was talking about how, uh, you know, the timelines for future upgrades might need to shift. And that was based on some of the things that Langers was saying to Jasper in the community call. And, you know, we got this news that, you know, um, the there was the idea that we were going to have two future updates, Houston and Saturn, and how that might need to be broken down into three future updates, whether we're getting Houston in uh, Q1 of 24, and then mm -hmm. another yet to unnamed update with like some quality of life improvements that would come in Q2 or Q3 of 24. And then, you know, what we think of as Saturn with the mega pools coming in potentially Q1 of 25, but um, not, like still like kind of you know tentative about those timelines so when uh, dave wrote this post and said you know q2 for saturn that really like made me like perk up my ears and be like whoa okay that's really interesting because um i'm not i'm not exactly sure how that would that would happen so um i'm really curious to see how that's going to work and mm -hmm. i'm trying to gather all the information that i can about yeah. it but um I'm, I'm really curious to see how that's going to happen Let's talk about the mega pools part of this. Um, on the launch pad, when you were speaking to Ken uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago, during your conversation, you guys were talking about mega pools and how that can help really hyperscale the protocol. In fact, if if you run the numbers, if everybody converted over to uh, you know lower bond, um, I can't remember if it was four or one or two, but we could hit twenty two percent cap that we've. Uh, the protocol has said we will limit the growth of the protocol to 22% of all the staked Ethereum. And I was, I was like, I was blown away by that. I didn't realize that that is the type of scaling we're talking about with mega pools. And that doesn't even include node set, which is we, we've talked about before. Yep. So between node set and mega pools, the, the amount of market growth we could see could hit double digits or possibly even the cap is, could you elaborate on that a little bit? Cause that's really exciting news. Yeah, so when um, when Atlas went live, right before Atlas, we had around 15,000 validators, right? And the idea was that, you know, with scaling, um, you can make your uh, you can make your ETH so much more effective, right? So, um, you know, with, with um, previous, um, the original staking, we had one ETH that the node operator provided was helping lift one ETH with... Um, Atlas, it went to one to three. So if you provided 16 ETH, you could do two LEB8s, which would then bring up 48 ETH for the protocol. Now, as you work that out, you know, for um, LEB4s, it would go to 7x efficiency improvement. With um, LEB2s, it would go to a 15x improvement. And then with LEB1s, if that you know, existed, that would go to a 31x improvement. So if you get um, 
10,000 validators, for example, and make those 31 times more efficient. If everyone converted and was able to get to that maximum efficiency level, that would then take you to 300,000 validators. So oh that you know, that's that's where the idea comes from, right? It's like, you know, you, that's how the hyperscaling would work. And that's just giving you a very, 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 like, you know, uh, quick example of, a rough example of what it would be like. It, you know, there'd be right. certain efficiencies yeah. and, like, different thresholds and stuff that you would do that would limit that scaling somewhat. You know, we don't even know if the one ETH is possible um, and it's still being explored as one ETH, but the two ETH seems like it's it's doable with some changes from Ethereum, um, like the max slash, like inactivity leak, like forced exits, all of these kind of things that we're hoping will come in the update after uh, Cancun. So potentially, you know, Q4, end of Q3, Q4 2024, if the Ethereum, you know, if the protocol uh, core developers are keeping that like six to nine month cadence, that's what we're kind of hoping that we'll get, but that will really like rocket boost, rocket pool. So that's that's kind of how we could hit that twenty-two percent mark, like potentially within a year and a half. I think potentially. Yeah, I mean, we're currently the market. I think we're at three percent of the market. So yeah. going up to twenty-two would be just a massive, <laughs> huge, huge growth. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps with the Q2, maybe that's a, what you said from last week, where you're breaking up Saturn and maybe two. Maybe they don't need the forced exits for maybe a four ETH bond, but anything below that they do. Maybe that's, maybe that's what Dave's alluding to here. I mean, we're going to find out more in the coming weeks, I'm sure. Um, yeah. A lot of the team is in the instant ball right now for the conference. Uh, so maybe uh, we'll, we'll find out more and we'll, communicated here on the weekly orbit but all this is really exciting uh, the fundamentals are strong we got a great roadmap 2024 i think it's gonna be great for rocket pool absolutely okay moving on to um oh the next thing we to, speaking of upgrade upgrades the long and awaited website there's hints of it uh, uh darren langers he was in discord he said sounds like mav has spilled the beans, but yes, website launched during the event, which I just talked about. Um, I think Dev Connect in Istanbul. Yep. So the new website is imminent. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some uh, new looks by next week's show. Yeah, um, this has been a long wait, long, long time coming. Uh, would you have any quick thoughts on the, the website and how it's going to improve the user experience for especially newbies? You know, coming yeah, into the. Yeah, so I've I've been teasing for a while that have i seen it haven't i seen it um i guess now it's it's fine to say that i actually have seen the the new website and what it looks like um i i think it's it looks really good and you know nick um has done a really great job with that and um nick of course is the front end developer of rocket pool we don't really see him around much but um he's working around on like you know the stake.rocketpool website and like the main website as well um and i think he's done a really good job uh sleety's done the artwork for it which is of course beautiful because you know sleety's yeah. work is fantastic and yeah. um it, it looks really good i think so so <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I i can't really say too too much but um hopefully next week you know we can go on the tour of the website and kind of show it around what it looks like but i think it looks really yeah. good yeah. Absolutely. Okay, and uh, the next item, um, Notional um, V3 just launched on Arbitrum and offers attractive opportunities to stack our ETH. Uh, you've had the folks from Notional on Launchpad on your own show, mm -hmm. and 
This is a uh, it's a strategy where you can take your RE, you can lend it out, earn earn yield at a fixed rate or variable. You can also provide liquidity. Um, I believe you can borrow against your RE as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The, what what makes this exciting? Yeah. So um, one of the things that Notion is doing that no other protocol has done at the moment, and they haven't actually. I need to still get some more details about whether that's going live right now or soon. Is they'll mm-hmm. be allowing RPL um, lending and borrowing, so you'll be able to deposit your RPL and take a loan against your RPL, which is risky. <laughs> so yeah. please be careful. But it's it, it will be possible, which would be you know a great use case for the RPL token. Um, with with the stuff that they're mentioning here in this tweet thread is, um, like you said, there's two aspects to it. There is one that you can lend your RETH, so you will get a 1.5% return on that. That's their fixed late rate lending. And then they have two liquidity uh, pools that they want you to provide liquidity to. Um, one is just like a straight RETH liquidity pool where you know, you'll, you'll put your RETH in there, you'll provide liquidity, and you'll get, I think, around 10% and then boost it up to like 15 or 20%. And then they have a leveraged liquidity pool. So this is kind of like the folding stuff that we've talked about before that, you know, Aave and some other uh, providers kind of allow you to do. And they'll be they'll have their own in-house version of this where they do leveraged liquidity. So you'll provide your RETH and with that you will get... Um, you're into their liquidity pool. I'm not exactly sure of the the technical details, but then that will then give you outsized yields and returns. And the way that they're spinning the numbers right now, it looks like that's somewhere around 70% um, returns, which is, you know, an absurd return. So um, please, of course, be careful. Like Notion have been around for a few years now. Like the version three, of course, is just launching now, but as a pro- as a protocol, they've been around for a few years. Um, and... They they're integrating our um, Rocket Pools tokens in the, in a really cool way. So you know that that's great. I think part of that yield will be um, incentivized with their Note token um, that they have. So I don't know how long those incentives will last. But um, if you are one of the early users of those pools, then there's some really really nice opportunities for you there. Um, if of course you know you're willing to take the risks that come with that. So please please right. please be aware of that before you. Um, take part in any legion activities right yeah be careful you know it's a version three so it's mm-hmm. it's new code even though they've been around a while it's um and then you got of course leveraging is just be careful uh, do your own research as they say yeah um one last i had a question from a friend of the pod i just want to end it with um this comes up in trading once in a while um we hear folks say you know why do i have to stake rpl to open up a node and become a node operator why can't i just use eth and i promised that we'd discuss that it's a very common question it's a good question too so you want to take a stab at it yeah so this actually came up in um in in reddit last week where a reddit community member responded to my post about um, Vals tokenomics changes and how that's kind of giving a boost to staking and you know how your RPL rewards will be um, outsized at lower collateral levels and just talking about RPL 30 and someone replied from there saying you know RPL is junk like you don't need RPL like rocket pools should just be enshrined into Ethereum and you don't need RPL so I went and crunched the numbers and this person had this idea that I could look, go and uh, just have ETH as, as you know, the, 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 the token and you can use a pay 
uh, you know, a share of your um, income to like the protocol that could do stuff. So we went and worked out. We said, okay, right now, Rocket Pool is working at a loss, depending on how you work it out, because um, we have one point um, seven five million dollars somewhere thereabouts of inflation every month, but we have around. Um, million dollars of inflation every month but around one sorry five hundred and fifty thousand dollars or somewhere around that amount of um our ETH uh, commission coming in so there's you know there's a 1.2 million dollar like kind of loss if you if you can call it that um however if you work out that you know a big chunk of that's going to node operators then it's kind of at parity so there's not too much loss so rocket pool is you know working it's it's got this idea of how to scale but the costs are real right now where do the costs go you know we pay node operators we pay oracles we pay grants incentives we pay development like we pay all these different things and that comes from the rpl token like you know the inflation of the rpl token goes towards all of those things now if you were eth only um, i worked out that you would need 16 million eth staked in your protocol <laughs> 16 million which is um like huge <laughs> like twice yeah. the size of lido basically um 16 million ETH staked in your protocol to um, be able to get that one percent to pay one million dollars a month which would just cover like you know certain things and of course you know if you if you want to be super frugal and you said it just one hundred thousand, that would still be 1.6 million ETH which would put you at like five percent of the network which is taking rocket pool two years to not even reach that level so the the idea of you know being able to get the ETH required to get to those numbers is just really difficult and I don't think mm-hmm. possible probably um, and then there's this idea that you know you could get VC uh, involvement and then that has its own issues as well so right. I think Rocket Pool, no free, you know yeah, yeah sorry the, there's no free lunch right and they, yeah. I mean, Rocket Pool has been around for years um, and years before they even got the first node operator we just talked about the, we're on our second anniversary but the, I think the team they started back in what 2000. 17? Yeah, end of 2017. 2018 was a token loan, so they were already working before then. So, yeah, it's been yeah, so for a working for years. How yeah. are you going to pay the? How are you going to pay for the development on this? Well, they'd know, fork work the for code, free, right? right? They'd say that they'd fork the code and like remove the the rocket pool side of it. So it's all open source. They're welcome to do that. But then you should ask yourself yeah. the question: like, you know, rocket pool's been running for two years. Why hasn't anyone forked it yet? So, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's either you have a token or you have VCs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a third way or a fourth way, I we just haven't seen it yet. Well, um, even with but, VCs, yeah. you still get tokens as well, right? Like Lido oh, yeah, and, of course. and others. So yeah, there's no, there's, there's, I guess no, you, there's no way to escape. You could have the RPL benefactor come up with millions to <laughs> say, here you go. You know, I've got, you can have some of my fortune, right? To run, the, run all your costs. But yeah, I don't mean to make fun of it. It just, it is a good question. It comes up a lot. Um, and just the, the tokenomics and the ec- economics of all of funding all of these expenses, who, yeah. which are substantial, mm-hmm. you got to have it from somewhere. And yep. um, the token is, as far as as of twenty twenty three, it's really the only way to do it. Yeah. So hope that answers that question. But that will conclude today's or this week's episode. It's been a great week, Wack. It's been great Absolutely. talking to you. Yeah. All our listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, we will be back again next week for another edition. And of course, none of this is financial advice, but until then, we'll see you. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.